greatest desire, the thing that he sought after most, if you were to look at his life, the, the very thing that was his heart cry was that he would dwell in the house of God. And you see, you are not meant to dwell in failure. You are not meant to dwell in your disappointments. You are not meant to dwell with all the crazy stuff and all the crazy things that are happening around you. You are meant to dwell somewhere else. And David knew that. Um, The word dwell actually means this, to live or uh, to live, to dwell at a specified place. Now, David wasn't talking about a physical thing here. David wasn't talking about physically dwelling in the house of God because he was dwelling amongst a crazy world at that time when he wrote this. But he was talking about his inner man. So let's think about this. David was saying that his inner man, his emotions, his heart, his cardia, as in the New Testament, uh, was to dwell in the house of God. And remember, to dwell is to abide or to live. So David's deepest desire was that in his inner man, despite whatever, whatever was happening around his life, that his inner man, his cardia, his heart, would dwell in God's house, which is a super, super interesting thing. David didn't want to live out of or in the struggle that his life was living in at that time. He didn't want his inner man to be caught or trapped by what was happening around him. Rather, there was a better place that indeed was his destination. So this morning, I want to give you some truths or some steps that will enable you to go beyond where you are now. And if you are living with struggle and failure, that this will enable you to take the journey to move from where you are and to live in the true destination that God has for your life. So step one is, you've got to choose to dwell in the right place. You've got to choose to dwell in the, in the right place. And this is not a physical thing. This is about where your mind, where your inner person is meant to dwell. You're not meant to dwell. Now, if your mouth is forever talking about your disappointments. Out of your mouth is coming all the stuff. It is very likely you are dwelling where you shouldn't be. If all you ever talk about is your hurt, your pain, your difficulty, then friend, it's telling me that, because the Bible says out of the heart, uh, out, of the, uh, out of the heart, the mouth will speak. See, your heart is not meant to dwell in your pain and your difficulty and your hurt or in your sickness, or in your mental struggle. It's meant to dwell in another place. And your words will definitely tell us where you're living at the moment. It is so good. Hallelujah. David said, One thing have I desired of the Lord that that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. See, where's your home at the moment? Where are you dwelling at the moment? What are your words saying? If you are dwelling in the wrong place, something needs to happen. You need to be like David and realize, I ain't going to dwell here. I'm going to dwell somewhere else. Now, um, the Bible talks a lot about a thing called the cardia or the inner man. It's the part 
of you in the New Testament, the word cardia, when it talks about the heart, it's about your inner person, it's about your thoughts, it's about your deepest person, it's about the thing or the, the you, who you are. And um, your cardia is a very, very important part because out of uh, your thinking, that's what you're going to become. That's where you're going to dwell. So step one I want you to understand is that you need to choose to take your mind to dwell in the right place. And according to David, it was the house of God. Step two is... When you need to move, or when you need to change, you need to realise that. Now, I want to give you a story that happened, well, a little illustration out of my life when I was um, a kid growing up. So when I was growing up as a child, we would go and camp for summer holidays. Now, uh, my father would gather all of us up. There were eight children from a family of eight kids, and my dad would pack us all into the van uh, with a bit of food and my mum, and then he would drive us to this place that was uh, on a farm that was um, beautiful, a lot of bush, a lot of kind of really, really pretty stuff, and then he would drop us off, and then we would make camp by the river, and then we would have a great summer holiday, but my dad would go and leave us, and we would just live off uh, cooking off a fire, uh, all those kinds of things, but I have fantastic memories of those summer holidays. But here's a real interesting thing. So we would summer in the holiday, uh, we would holiday in the summer, and then we'd go home, and then a year later, we would return to the same place. And we would go to set camp by the river, but here's something that would happen. Often, uh, as a result of the winter flooding, where the river used to uh, flow, it would have shifted due to flooding. So we would get there and we would arrive at the place where we used to camp. And where we used to camp, the river wasn't there anymore. But rather there would be puddles of like stagnant water. And that stagnant water would often just look dirty and it would smell and it would um, often have mosquitoes. Now, um, because we were a smart family... And we wanted to camp by the river and not by the puddles of smelly water. We would shift our camp in order to enjoy our life by the river. And the fresh water, because we would drink from the water, we would cook from the water, we would wash from the water, all these kinds of things. Now here's the thing, imagine if we chose to stay and make camp by the puddle of dirty water. And imagine if you would, that when we got thirsty, we would begin to just want to drink from the puddle of dirty water that stank and was stagnant and was full of mosquitoes. More than likely, we would get sick. And see, sadly, that is like the lives of so many people, is that rather than when it is time for them to shift camp or to move, rather than staying where they are, they are like, it's like they are staying by stagnant puddles of disease and, and bad smelling. See, it is crazy, my friends, if you choose to live your life in your disappointments, in your uh, 
uh, difficulties. It's interesting because failure can come in many ways. You can be failing in relationships. You can be failing financial. You can be uh, failing uh, as a parent. You can be uh, failing with your struggles with your mental health. And those things are very real. And as Karen said earlier on, it is important when you are living in those moments, that you actually put your hand up. It's not that you deny these things that are going on, but that you put your hand up for help, and we really want to help you if that's where you are, but that you realize you can't stay there. See, number one, where you dwell is so important. You are not meant to dwell in the failure, not meant to to dwell in your struggle. Number two is if you need to move camp, move camp. Don't stay living life out of some kind of stagnant, diseased puddle because Jesus never came for that for your life. The Bible tells me very clearly that Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance. You are not meant to stay in those things. You are meant to move on. Make a choice this morning that I will move from my disappointment. I will move from my failing. I will move from my struggle. And God is our ever-present help in time of need. Hallelujah. Don't. See, see, that's why David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not live a life of lack. I shall not live a life of failure. I will seek to dwell in the place of his kingdom. I will seek to dwell in the house of my God. Because I want to tell you, the house of God has everything you will ever need. God's house is not a house of conflict and turmoil and heartache and confusion and depression and anxiety. God's house is a place of life. Hallelujah. Make a decision. Today, I will choose life. I will move from where I am. Hallelujah. Step three. Choose living water. See, here's the amazing thing about water. Water, if it is just sort of, um, uh, if it doesn't flow, It doesn't get oxygenated. It doesn't get the things that make water this thing of life. Stagnant puddles have no life in them. Living water has life. The Bible talks about a thing called living water. The Bible talks about thirsting for living water. Step three, my friends, is thirst for the right thing. Thirst for the living water. Hallelujah. John chapter 7 verse 37 says, through to 38, this is talking of Jesus. On the last day of the great feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Verse 38, and he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. He who believes Notice that it says here, if anyone thirsts, 
Friend, don't thirst for heartache. Don't thirst for failure. Don't thirst for unforgiveness. Don't thirst for struggle. Thirst for the living water where there is life. Hallelujah. Jesus said he came to give life and life in abundance. Remember. So step three is thirst for living water. Don't be satisfied with stagnant puddles. Thirst for living water. Very interesting. In verse 38, he says, He who believes, a person of faith, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Does it say out of his bank account? Out of his medication? Does it say out of the government? Does it say out of... It says out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You see, the living water flows out of the heart. The source or the beginning of living by the stream of life or allowing the river to flow is that it has to come out of your heart, your cardia, your inner person. You've got to get your inner person to thirst for the living water. You've got to get your inner person, your cardia, your mind to a place where the rivers of living water can flow. Thirst for the living water. Remember that your inner person is the most important thing in your life. Meaning, from inside, from your inner person that dwells or seeks to dwell in the house of God will flow this thing called living water. See, your mind is very, very important in times of difficulty or when you are living in struggle or when life seems to overwhelm you. It's your mind you've got to take to the house of God. It's your mind, your thinking, your inner person you've got to um, take to God's house. Step one. Choose to dwell in the right place, the house of God. Don't stay where you are. Step two, be prepared to move. Move from where you are when you need to. You know, too many Christians put a ceiling on their faith. They put a ceiling on how far they can go in God. The Bible tells me that there are no limits in what God wants to do or take your life or pour upon you in blessing. But too many of us put ceiling, put a ceiling and we stay somewhere and we stay satisfied for whatever reason, sometimes for the good when there's the excellent. And that's why, number one, remember, don't um, dwell in the wrong place. Number two, um, keep trying to move forward in God. Move from where you are if you're in the wrong place. Step three, thirst for living water. The river of life, not the stagnant puddle. Step four, take your mind to where it needs to be. I can't take your mind there. God doesn't take your mind there. You make the choice to think upon what you want to. If all you think about is your trouble and your struggle, friend, that's all you're going to get. 
You've got to know what it means to take your mind to the place or the source of the ribbing water. From your mind will flow everything. If you go to the place that is the source of the living water and it begins to work in your mind, it will flow out of you. The Bible says that out of your heart will flow. You see, when you don't take your mind there, the river can't flow. Life can't flow. But when you take your mind or your thinking there, you put yourself in the position for the living water to flow out of you. You got to get it in you before it can flow out of you. And where you got to get it in you is in your mind. You, you understand what I'm saying? As a man thinks, so he becomes. You know, I, I'm funny, you know, I've been around a long time. Um, I've been involved with different churches and stuff, you know, and I've watched even churches. Sometimes churches camp somewhere where they're never, they're meant to move on. The stream has moved forward. The stream has altered its course to some degree because God wants to reach people in a different type of uh, generational thinking or worldview. And the church stays here and yet God is moving over there. Churches die when they don't shift. Churches die when they fail to seek and thirst for the living water. Churches die when they choose to dwell in a place other than the house of God. Hallelujah. Failure is not our destination. There are no limits to the things of God. Step four, take your heart, your mind to God's house. Psalm 1, verse 2 and 3. Psalm 1 begins in verse 1. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the godly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of the scornful. And then verse 2 is amazing. It says this. So remember, it starts with blessed is the man, happy is the man. Verse 2. But his delight, his desire, the thing that he seeks after, the thing that he thirsts for, is the law of the Lord, or the word of God. And in his word, in his law, he meditates both day and night. Note verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. Hallelujah. That bring forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also does not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Think about this for a minute. Whatever you do shall prosper. David said, I will not have lack. I will not make lack my destination. I will not make need my destination. Imagine if you could live a life that whatever you did, as the psalm says, should prosper. The Bible tells me here very clearly that the man who meditates on the word of God, whatever he does shall prosper. You see, meditation, biblical Christian meditation, is this thing about taking your mind to dwell in the house of God or dwell upon the Word of God to cause your mind not to be here living in your struggle and your problem and whatever crazy thing the media is trying to tell us, but taking your mind out of that and taking it and let it meditate and live in the house or the Word of God. Hallelujah. And he will be like a tree planted by rivers of living water. You see, when you take your mind, your thinking, your cardia, your inner person to the house, the word of God. 
and you meditate on it. You will be from your mind, from your inner person will flow rivers of living water. It doesn't say one river, it says rivers of life, friend. Meaning this, that whatever you do, whatever you touch, the river of life will flow into it and bring the life of heaven upon it. If you are a parent and you have family, you have children, if you are married, if you take your mind and your thoughts to dwell, to meditate upon God's word and his truths, you will automatically become a river of life. The world today, my friends, needs rivers of living water flowing from the church, flowing to a world that is in confusion, heartache and pain. But friend, we have living water, but if we don't take our inner person, our mind, to dwell where it's meant to live, in the house of God, in the words of God, in the words of the Creator, who used His words to create everything we see. Meditate. The word meditate means... To imagine, to study, to speak and to talk and to utter. Very interesting because meditation is not just sitting there doing nothing or emptying your head of everything. You know, there is a form of meditation that the world tells you to do where you just meditate on nothing. That's not biblical meditation, friend. Biblical meditation is to take your mind... And to let it dwell and to meditate on the truths of what Jesus said. And then as you meditate, to let it activate your thinking, to activate your imagination. You see, God gave you imagination. The thing about imagination is it's not meant to imagine the wrong things. It's meant to imagine the things that God stimulates by his word of what is possible with your life. You see, that's where vision, that's where hope, and that's where dreams come from, from this word that as you meditate on it, that is a river of life, that it will cause you to imagine what is possible with your life. That's exciting. Hallelujah. And then it will cause your mouth to utter and to speak out from the flow of the river. Hallelujah. Meditate on his word. Take your mind to the word of God. Let's backtrack. You are not meant to meditate or dwell upon all your problems. You're not meant to imagine the worst. You're meant to imagine the best. You're not to imagine the scenarios, all the bad things that could happen because of this. You're meant to take your mind to what the Word says, then imagine what God can turn from bad to good. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen? Amen. Dwell in the right place. Where you dwell, it will become your home. Where you dwell, it will become your home. If you dwell in your heartache, friend, that will be your home. That will be your residence. But if you dwell in the word of God, that will become your home. Hallelujah. Move from where you are. Even if you're in a good place, 
God has an excellent place. God has more for you. Dwell in the house of God. Step three. Thirst for really the real living water. Thirst for the living water. Step four. Take your heart, take your mind to God's house. Meditate on the things of God. Let God touch your imagination and stir up within you what is possible with your life. Hallelujah. I want to finish with this. And it is again the words of David out of Psalm 23, but it's the tail end of, the, of, of Psalm 23. I love Psalm 23. It's just the most amazing psalm. Um, Psalm 23 verse 1 begins with, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not need, I shall not fail. Verse 1. David ties it up at the end in verse 6, which says this. Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of God the house of the Lord forever. You see, David ties up, the Lord is his shepherd, David ties this whole thing up with the consequence of him dwelling in the house and reaffirms his decision that not only will he dwell in the house of God while he's living, that he knows that when he goes into eternity, he will be there forever. You see, here's the thing. The Word of God continues to say the same thing over and over and over and over again. What follows David's life because he dwells in the house of God? Surely your goodness and your love will follow me all the days of my life, of my life. See, the consequence of dwelling in God's house, of taking your thinking and your mind and you meditate on his word and you cause yourself to dwell there no matter when it's hard, when it's difficult, is the the fruit of it is that what will follow your life is God's goodness and God's love. That from you will flow rivers of living water that will touch your family, that will touch your neighbours, that will change your life. Remember what it said in Psalm 1? That he shall be like a tree planted by streams of living water. His leaves shall not wither. And uh, I've got to read the bit. I've forgotten the last bit. It says this. His, and he will bring forth his fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. The word prosper means to push through and break through. To do well or succeed in life. I, I, my life is a testimony to the fact that sometimes I've lived here and I've, caused, I've, I've allowed my circumstances to overwhelm my mind and I've stayed there. But when I've had the courage or had the revelation 
or been reminded that this is not where my destination is, that I am passing through, this is a season. And then when I take my mind, which I have so many times had to do, and I've caused my mind, my inner person, my cardia to dwell in his house, I can testify to the fact that what has followed that has God, is God's goodness, is God's prosperity, is God's breakthroughs, is God's hope, it's God's peace. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that wherever you are, you would not stay there. And if you are living in struggle, that you will begin to move from that struggle and that you will take your inner person to dwell in God's house. Heavenly Father, you know, without you, the world would be just. It wouldn't exist anyway. But Lord, with you, when we allow you, when we, when we thirst for living water, when we walk through our struggles, when we make the choice to move that God, you will be with us. And Lord, that when we meditate on your truth, on your word, when we cause our mind to dwell in your house, Lord, our hand prospers, rivers of life flow from it. I pray this morning for each and every listener, God, that they would thirst for the living water. I pray, Father, that there would be a desire to thirst for you and that there would be the strength and the courage to dwell in your house, to begin to take the time to meditate on the truth, that a freedom would come to imaginations in people's lives where they, be, where they would begin to imagine the wide open spaces of what is possible for their lives in you. And God, that in the coming days, they would see that their lives would have the fruit of your goodness and your love. In Jesus' name, amen.